At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. Mike Pursuit and Tim Benz with you on the Pittsburgh CityCast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com. You can hear Mike on the DVE Morning Show. You can also hear him from Vegas next week for the NFL draft. Mike, it is draft season, and we're going to try to hook up again before the draft next Thursday while you're out in Las Vegas, but it's kind of cool that you're out there. This is a promotion directly through DVE, right? But you're also going to be on SNR and you're going to be on all the Steeler radio network sides of things, right? Yeah. And uh, this will be one example, Tim, where what happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas, at least some <laughs> of it, because I'm going to be delivering coverage back from the site of the draft. And uh, we're not really sure what the reason to go out there is, but Hey, it's Vegas and the company's paying for it. And, uh, you know, better that than sit around in that room in the South side for one year and uh, miss out on the opportunity to be directly in Kevin Colbert's presence when he comes in and uh, talks about how he was really surprised that the guy they picked was there at 20. <laughs> well, this year, there might be some validity to that because every might, time I, right. I, you know, I, every time I turn around, Mike, I, I hear that, you know, 35 guys are going to be gone in the first 20 picks. Like all I hear is this guy's not going to be available. That guy's not going to be available. How are they going to get this guy? How are they going to get that guy? And I keep retreating back to the point of how many people do you think are going to go and picks one through 20? Cause I feel like an entire first round of options is taken on the, taken off the board. Whenever a hypothetical conversation comes up. You know, that's a dynamic that we uh, experience pretty much every year, but I think it really applies to this year because this is a different draft to me. I've been doing this a long time, and not just at the quarterback position, but I think at damn near every position, 
there aren't clear cut number ones, you know, uh, go back a couple of years ago when the Steelers needed an inside linebacker and uh, the buzz was, well, you got to get one of the Devons. You know, these two guys are head and shoulders above the class. I, I think there are a lot of very good players in this draft. I don't know that there are many great ones and there are some that we're perceiving them to be potentially great. You know, Malik Willis is, a, is probably the prime example. Oh, he's got such an upside. You know, what if he's, uh, all that and a bag of chips as our buddy, Phil Bork likes to say, but it's all going to come down to teams, interpretations and personal preferences. Uh, the measurables, uh, it's, it's a big jumble. It's an alphabet soup. Uh, you know, you dip your spoon in, it's going to come up with an R one time and you dip it in again, it's going to come up with an X. I mean, it just depends on who's doing the dipping, uh, that, that makes what I think we're about to experience, not just Thursday night but throughout the certainly at least through the second day, even I lose interest on Saturday. I got to be honest with you when they get to the sixth or seventh round, uh, I'm telling training camp stories on the air or something of that nature, but uh, this is going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Since you brought it up, training camp stories can start to originate again from Sharkies in Latrobe and at St. Vincent college based on the news that we got today from the Steelers, huh? And uh, the sad, uh, the only sad development there is that they will not be able to calculate an over under for the number of beers I intend to consume at Sharky's banana night, pepper pizza. The first the, night, the night before day. Oh, that's yeah. You're going to have to bet, you know, a thousand bucks to win a dime on that. Cause that's a lock, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that as well. Things are uh, starting to pick up a little bit, well, Tim, as we tape this, the pirates just, finished losing again to the Brewers one step closer to finishing under 65 and a half victories. Uh, you know, we're getting further and further away from the pandemic. Life's getting better. We just came back from the great Pittsburgh sports debate uh, last night. I didn't have Phil Bork as being the highest over under with F-bombs. That one surprised me a little bit, but Borky unloaded primarily on you. You guys were going back and forth a little bit. That was fun to see. Yeah, I had the audacity to suggest that Wayne Gretzky was a better hockey player than Mario Lemieux. I'll <laughs> die on that hill. Wayne Gretzky was the best hockey player ever to put on a pair of skates. Sorry. Well, he was, and you, I think, according to Borky, have to cater to your audience more, I think was the suggestion there uh, in the back and forth that you guys were having. But uh, opinions are opinions, facts are facts, and occasionally you're allowed to suggest them. When I, I don't know how much of an opinion it is to anybody else outside of Pittsburgh that Gretzky is number one, but it seems to be really prevalent here. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah. You know what, Tim, you and I, uh, we're, uh, we're kindred spirits. Cause we don't cater. We call it like we see it. We tell it like it is just start <laughs> naming hockey players, go to hockeyreference.com. They have everybody that ever played in the NHL listed out, you know, from a to Z, you can look them all up. Just click on it. Was this guy better than Gretzky? No, was this guy? And then when you run out of guys, You'll have confirmed it. Well, we've got all the draft pick props that you can imagine that we're going to dive into in just yes, a few do. seconds here. And I can't wait to do this because we've been sitting on it a little bit. And now that we're within a week of the draft, Mike and I can go full bore on this. I, I do want to point out some of our boosted bet options for you today coming from Bet Rivers. Since we're on the topic of hockey, Mike, Connor McDavid and Alexander Ovechkin to both score in Wednesday NHL action was plus 320, now plus 350. My God, I feel like Ovechkin scores every game. Like, he might catch Matthews at this rate, the way he's going. Boy, when he eats up, he eats up, man. And he'll go uh, sometimes a couple, three, maybe a week without getting one. But uh, when he starts finding the net, he finds it with regularity. You know, that's another guy. If he ends up 
as the all-time leading goal scorer in National Hockey League history. We're going to have to start reevaluating who he's better than and who he's not better than. But that'll be an argument for three and a half years from now. Yeah, I don't think you're talking about Gretzky and Lemieux there. I think you're talking about 87, right? Well, I'm not talking about Gretzky. <laughs> Giannis. I'm not talking about Lemieux either. I, I have great regard for Mario Lemieux. One of the best ever, but there's only one the best. Giannis to record over 50 points, rebounds, and assists versus the Bulls was minus 118, now minus 106. I'm always going to bet Giannis when it comes to something like that, especially when it's practically even money. And here's one from Major League Baseball. Sam, the only like, Greek freak I'm concerned about right about now is Purdue edge rusher George Karloftis. <laughs> I think a lot of people are concerned about him because he's one of those guys that's got tons of split opinions. Uh, Major League Baseball bets, I'll throw these two at you. Shohei Otani, over five and a half strikeouts versus the Astros, is now paying out at plus money, plus 100. And the Blue Jays... Do the Astros the still know what pitch is coming? I don't know if, they, if they're allowed to do that anymore. Um, I do know they should this. actually let them against that guy. It, it, it might not matter. A lot of people are going on the Astros in this one. I've seen a lot of charts and whatnot that have money going towards the Strohs for whatever reason. And the over. I guess that's because Shohei can hit home runs, too. Blue Jays and Red Sox. I'm banging no. my garbage can, too. <laughs> it's plastic. It's not loud enough. Blue Jays and Red Sox. No runs scored in the first inning. Was plus 107, now plus 115. That's I, I can see why that's close to even money with those two teams and the way that they can swing. All right, let's start, Mike. Kenny Pickett drafted in the top five, plus 550. Kenny Pickett drafted in the top 10, minus 167. Is the swing there, you think, because Carolina's at six? Yes. Is that the is that the, the pivot number? You know, it's amazing. You sent me these, and I went through them all, and it's remarkable. I, I did my last mock draft prior to looking at these, and these numbers are all, like, right on the line. It's it's phenomenal. But, yeah, I, I think Pickett goes six to Carolina. That's going to that's gonna catch our next one as well. Uh, team to draft Kenny Pickett, Carolina, plus 150. Uh, he's got a previous uh, existing relationship with Matt Rule, and the Panthers can't be serious about Sam Darnold. They just can't, even if they are. They had Cam Newton and somebody named P.J. Walker start a combined six games last year. Matt Rule is not uh, on thick ice, I wouldn't think, at this point. He needs an option at quarterback. If they don't make a move for Garoppolo or somebody of that ilk prior to the draft, I think you can book Kenny Pickett to Carolina at number six. And they need a guy who doesn't need a lot of teaching up and schooling up. They need a polished product. They need as close to NFL-ready as they can get. Correct. And that's and Pickett's that guy. Yeah, he is that guy. And that's something we talked about last night, Mike, at the Great Pittsburgh Sports Debate. Like, as, as strange as it seems, why wouldn't it be an obvious choice that he just goes to Pittsburgh and thrives? I see him likely doing better at all those NFC South locations he's been mocked to at times than I do Pittsburgh. And I don't know if it's just the hands thing or that's kind of talked me into it or the quality. Is, maybe it's more the quality of defense and the style of play and the fact that there are other quarterbacks, many other quarterbacks. The AFC is so much better, I think, talent-wise right now than the NFC. Um, I, I just see him having the opportunity to thrive and thrive quickly more in the NFC South than I do the AFC North. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Um, I think the hands thing matters, but maybe I'm wrong. So you said teams to draft Kenny Pickett, Carolina plus 150. 
I'm a little surprised it's plus money for them, aren't you? I thought it actually might be in minus territory. I think that's, to your previous point, a hedge on the odds makers part that they might make a move for a veteran before the draft, somebody like Garoppolo. Either that or they list half the league there. I mean, you know, (laughs) it's just luck. You know, it's almost like throwing a dart and uh, Minnesota's included a plus 5,000. I don't see that happening. No, the Steelers uh, had plus 500 or 50 to one. Um, How do you feel about if somehow they are both still on the board, Pickett and Willis, or, or if the Steelers were to trade up before the draft, say the Steelers traded a fifth, and they had their pick, do they go to Willis or do they go to Pickett? Uh, I don't know what they would do, Tim. I would run, not walk, run to the podium with Malik Willis written down on the card in a Sharpie. See, here's the funny part to me, though, because if you look at the first QB drafted odds, Malik Willis is minus 190. Kenny Pickett's plus 125. Who's picking the quarterback before the Panthers are at six? The Detroit Lions at number two. You think the Lions would go Willis? Hear me out on this. You like good conspiracy theories. I do. The Lions started playing better at the end of last year. They were they were pretty competitive for a team that hardly won any games. So they got a little buzz going. They got a little momentum. They will. Uh, they have a second-year staff now that seems to be uh, getting its feet on the ground a little bit. They have what I consider to be the perfect bridge quarterback in Jared Goff. He doesn't stink, but he can, he, he's been on a team that got to the Super Bowl. I mean, uh, the guy can play. He's an NFL quarterback. Uh, in the meantime, you draft Malik Willis, you make him your third and one guy, you make him your goal line guy, you make him your, uh, let's, let's change it up and run some quarterback runs here to change the tempo of the game while you're teaching him how to be a franchise quarterback. The Lions also have four subsequent picks in the top 97. So they can check a big box if they're believers. They can check that we got our franchise quarterback box. Now we just have to develop them and still get help uh, with those you know remaining four picks in the first 97. They're in a great spot to, to do something bold such as that, I would think. See, here's the problem. And the, the, the crowds, you know, the fans would be into it. It's a, it's a, it's a buzz pick. It's a, it's a splash pick and it's, you're not really going to be wrong for another year at least. <laughs> so it sounds to me then that you're of the opinion that they'll both be gone for the Steelers because unless the Steelers are trading up to number one, they can't get in front of Detroit. And I'm they're... of the opinion. They'll both be gone for the New York football giants by the time we get to seventh overall. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And you think Pickett goes to Carolina. So I do. If that's the case, then are the Steelers just not thinking quarterback? Are they thinking Correct. elsewhere? I, if that's the case, then I'm them. Quarterback's off the table. How did you interpret? Let's see if you interpreted this the same way I did. The, the fact that they – was it David Corley? Is that his name? The assistant quarterback's coach that they hired? Uh-huh. A lot of people made the immediate connection of, oh, they're doing that because they want to make sure they trade up and get themselves Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett or another quarterback. They hired this guy to basically be a private tutor – for the first round, second round guy. Maybe they take a quarterback in the second round. They want Corley to be the private tutor for this guy, have Sullivan work with Trubisky and work with Rudolph or whoever they bring in as a veteran quarterback. Um, this means that they're taking a QB. I didn't interpret it that way. I actually looked at it a different direction. I'll give you my conspiracy theory on that. My conspiracy theory on that is here's a guy who was an offensive coordinator in college, at least at one stop. He's coached every other offensive position besides offensive line as has Mike Sullivan, actually. So maybe if they blow out Canada after the end of the year, if it doesn't work out, 
and they do have a young quarterback that they're going to weave in next season, maybe this guy or Sullivan is going to be the next offensive coordinator because Sullivan was an offensive coordinator for a little bit too. This guy at least becomes the quarterback coach next year. I think it's more about a line of succession coaching-wise than it is about we're definitely getting a quarterback this year. Yeah, I'm not even diving that deep. I think uh, my conspiracy theory is the NFL uh, has expanded the Rooney role, and you now have to hire a, a minority offensive coach to try to you know create more people in the pipeline because they think more guys are coming from the offensive side of the ball. And the guy went to William & Mary, as did Mike Tomlin. Because they, so, they didn't need to do this to come into compliance with their own rule, did they? No, they had, yeah, everybody had to add another minority coach. The league is paying for it. Oh, they're at, you have to add one already to your existing staff, yes. even if you have somebody in place. Yes, the, the, NFL, the, the NFL is covering that coaching salary for the teams. So it's like a, it's like a glorified uh, internship program or fellowship or whatever you want to call it. On behalf of the call. NFL. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. And then the other thing is with Willis, now I got him going second to Detroit. There's a wide range of opinion on this guy, too. I mean, I, I talked to a scout I know a couple of days ago. We were texting, and I brought up Willis, and he sent me the emoji, which I didn't even know existed, of a face with a hand over it. Yeah, like, face like, oh, like, oh, no. Like, yes. I mean, there are people that hate this guy. Merrill Hodge is one of them. And I love this guy. So, you know, we'll see where those people line up. We don't know who they are, but we know that both sides of the – fence are covered so you know i i think the steelers are thinking he's going to be there at 20 or close enough that you know it's a very inexpensive move 15 16 17 that kind of thing uh you know if he's if he slides then i think they pounce but i don't think you're going to see a devin bush style uh you know big ticket big splash move up to uh, identify that guy at all costs merrill hodge said he looks for pressure he's constantly looking for the pressure and when people say that he has a hard time reading yeah. defenses, maybe that's why, because he's always looking at who's coming at him in the front seven. Maybe that's because the guy's blocking for him played for Liberty. Yeah, maybe. And the guy's but, running routes, we're running them for Liberty. Yeah, but he's playing against teams that play against Liberty. So, okay. you know, there's Fair that point. there's that side of the coin, too. And, you know, if, if one of your best teams of competition is Syracuse, trust me, I know, that's not that impressive. <laughs> I'm you know what? I I get that there's diverse opinions. I watching the game the last couple of years, the way you got to have one of these guys, man. You got to have a guy that can run the ball and escape the pressure, and they haven't had that, and they need it. and And he's the guy to me. He is he is the uh, the next big thing, Tim. Corral and Howell, I think, were two guys that Merrill said if uh, they weren't throwing smoke screens or you know checkdowns that basically they'd be 30% completion guys. A lot of guys. You could say that about a lot of guys. And he also said part of the reason why Cincinnati was struggling to blow teams out at the start of the year was because the quarterback was struggling more than anybody in Desmond Ritter, even he's though he's got, picked up a lot of steam lately here towards draft time. He's got some flaws. Not, not the least of which is I just don't think he's physically put together the way Willis is. So if they as we have talked about already, get on the clock, the Steelers, whether it's a 20 or they moved up and they can't move up high enough to get Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett. Are they tempted by Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong in the second or third round? 
Or at that point, do you just not bother because you got Trubisky as somewhat of a wild card for this year and next? There's a couple of guys down the line. Uh, I'm talking way down the line uh, that that might be intriguing. There's a kid named uh, Kelly, and uh, he's a big six foot seven kid. I'm, I'm blanking on the school that he went to, but if Zappy you don't... and the kid from South Dakota State are the two that I keep hearing about that might be third day guys. Well, you know, I love me some Bailey Zappy. Yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not going to hide that love either. But uh, I think if you don't get Malik Willis, you table it. Uh, and you go with uh, Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph, and then you bring one in uh, eventually. Uh, I, I don't think it's a you know you gotta have gotta have one this year, but I think the upside of Willis makes it uh, compelling, if not intoxicating. To uh, you know, if, if he's there or he's attainable, then uh, you know why wouldn't you? Cole Kelly's the guy's name from uh, southeastern Louisiana, uh, six foot seven. 249 pounds. And oh, by the way, Tim, his hands are nine and seven, eight inches. Oh, well, that's all you need to know right there. Uh, total quarterbacks taken in the first round over two and a half is minus 278. Under is plus 205. I got to go with the minus 278 on the over two and a half because I'm pretty sure Pickett and Willis will both go in the first round. And I think somebody will have talked themselves into liking one of the other four and the third guy will go before the first 32 picks are gone. What do you think? I got the under there. The guy that makes me nervous is Corral. Someone's going to fall in love with his athleticism and wild card play and, and leadership his, traits his and all courage that stuff. And, yeah, it really, it, he was the guy that I started liking more and more the more I looked at him, and he would be third on my list. It's, you know, if I, I, I would rank them Willis, Pickett, Corral, and maybe, maybe Corral has more upside than Pickett, but he's kind of – not what you're looking for physically, you know, in terms of his build and, you know, put your shoulder down and trying to run through a couple Alabama guys at the goal lines. One thing doing it in the national football league is quite another. So if I gave you odds on who the exact player, the Steelers would pick, who's the most likely guy that they select right now with the draft board being what it is, who is it? Well, I don't think that guy exists. Uh, I'll give you the guys that I would covet in this order. Uh, Willis is number one. Uh, Jordan Davis is number two from Georgia. Now, I don't see him getting past uh, Baltimore at 14 or the Chargers at 17. I've actually got him going to the Chargers at 17. My number three guy is Devin Lloyd, uh, inside linebacker from Utah. I think he's got a shot to be there. And then my fourth guy, if all three of those guys are gone, I'm going Traylon Burks, wide receiver from Arkansas, because he looks to me like he's going to be the next Debo Samuel. You love him. I know that. I've heard you talk him up on the DV morning show. And it was very attention getting to me watching the playoffs unfold last year and how San Francisco used him and the way he played. It's, it's, it's almost. About, hold on, hold on. I'll hold that thought for one second. What is he doing, by the way? Demanding a trade and then undercutting his own trade value. Do you see this? Well, that's why I want the next one, not him. Yeah, because because he, he's saying he wants to go somewhere else but not be Debo Samuel anymore. Like, okay, you're just going to be a slow wide receiver then. Great. Yeah, Wonderful. The wide receiver market's losing its collective mind. Oh, I agree with that. Like Deontay Johnson thinking that he's yeah. worth Tyreek Hill money. And here's the thing. I mean, a couple of these guys are special. Tyreek Hill. Uh, I think A.J. Brown's got an argument. I don't think we've seen the best of him. Uh, he is a matchup nightmare and a, a different guy. Uh, you know, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup. But these guys are coming out of college, Tim, every year, 35, 40 at a time. I mean, they're, 
it's not hard to draft receivers. Uh, that's yeah, not- and most years I'd say, you know, do the Steelers tell Deontay Johnson to go kick rocks, but they're not as deep at wide receiver as they normally are. No, but they don't have to pay him now either. Right. And I'm also saying, you know, if you get to the end of the year and you don't work out a contract that he likes, franchise him then because or I'd just almost- draft another one. They got him in the third round. These guys are everywhere, Tim. They're everywhere. If you can protect the guy throwing it and he's half competent, if you don't have receivers at the other end, it's on you because you just weren't looking hard enough. It's more appealing to me to give him the average of the top five on a franchise tag for one year than it is whatever the nearly guaranteed money would be over three years at that ticket. That's how I do the math in my head. I mean, if if I'm setting my team up, the guy's going to have to be really special to get paid at wide receiver. And I think he's a very good player. He's got a chance to be great. He's not great yet. I'm not paying him. People ask if he's a number one wide receiver. And my the way I respond to that normally is, well, I think he's a number one wide receiver because I don't think there's 32 guys that are better than him. Yeah. I don't get to 33 on the list before I get to Deontay Johnson. But, you know, I might go three deep on the Bengals that I like better before I get to him. You know, I may I may go 10 deep on that position league wide in terms of that guy's a number one. I, you know, is a starting quarterback a franchise quarterback? No, like, but I think there's a difference is a, is a number one, you know, is he just merely the best on his team or is he the guy? Well, Christian Kirk is the number one for Jacksonville, but I don't think well, that he's a franchise yeah. receiver. And I think that contract screwed up a lot of things. Let's not base anything on what Jacksonville does in terms of the way things should be in the NFL. There were three, including the swimming pool in the damn stadium, <laughs> three contracts that I thought were just terrible this year that were handed out. One was Christian Kirk. Two was all the guaranteed money for Deshaun Watson. And three is them bothering to give that much money to Denzel Ward. I don't think he's worth that because he's hurt all the time. Yeah, it's pretty close. And I don't think he's as shut down as that contract suggests that he is, at least in my time watching him. Would you agree with that? I think he's, I think he's really good. I think he's not finished yet. Uh, the health thing's a little bit of a concern. But of those three, his is the least ridiculous. Let me put it that way. So help me surf through this a little bit because now I'm confused because I tend to side with you um, and I tend to think the way you're thinking about the likelihood of what the Steelers' draft choice is. But if we've gotten to Malik Willis being minus 190 to be the first QB taken and Kenny Pickett likely not surviving out of the top 10, then how do they still have plus 175 money on the Steelers' most likely draft position to be quarterback? Because now that's not adding up to me if the two guys that they're shooting for are going to be gone. I would, if that's the case, I'm going for a bigger payout somewhere else on that list. Yeah, unless people are buying the uh, Desmond Ritter stuff. That they're really high on Desmond Ritter yeah. and they'll take I mean, they talk, money? They, they talk to all of them. They did their due diligence. They they took them all out, you know, for dinner and drinks. Um, maybe people think they're in love with one of them. I mean, they took the kid out from South Dakota State, too, but they're not taking him in the first round. They're not taking him at 20. Like, the exact playing position of the Steelers' first drafted player, QB plus 175, DB plus 250, DL plus 350, Offensive line plus 350, wide receiver plus 500, linebacker plus 2,000, and then running back is at 10,000, tight end at 10,000. Sounds to me like, Mike, you might want to put your money on on a linebacker. That's, that's where that's, the biggest payout that's, is. That's the play there because I think Devin Lloyd, 
uh, that that's one of those probability bets. I don't know who it's going to be. Who'd you say your number one was again? Most likely my, my order of preferences is, is Willis Davis and then, uh, Devin Lloyd's third, but your most likely then would be Davis. No, nah, it'd be Lloyd. I mean, I don't know if they're going to get Devin Lloyd, but it's way better shot than plus 2000. That's so just a this. bad line. Uh, yeah, they should all right. be relatively even because we don't know the direction they're going to go. I would also say that, uh, you know, if it's that's not Duke, that's Duke 16 to one in the round of 16. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? They, they might not win at all, but there's certainly a hell of a lot better bet than that. And if like, somehow Mike, all three of those guys are gone or they trade down. What about the kid from Georgia who plays inside linebacker? I mean, like, Oh, um, the Kobe Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Dean, you, you know, he, uh, he somehow didn't make it into my first round. He is smaller than Lloyd. He's a very good player, but he's more Devin Bushy, uh, you know, in terms of his height. And I'm getting a little tired of watching the little guys at that position. Maybe I'm just getting tired of watching Devin Bush at that position. So maybe then Devin Lloyd could be a bigger mile, or sorry, a younger Miles Jack, a yeah. fresher Miles Jack. Yeah. Where are you on him now, by the way, Jack? Have you cooled a little bit on him? I thought you were way high on him early, and I haven't heard you bring him up quite as much. This no, I, I think he's a massive upgrade over Joe Schobert. Okay. I, I'm not as sold that he's going to be an upgrade over Joe Schobert. I think it'll be yeah. better. I don't know how much of one. And I think if you give him I, I believe what I was saying. Tell you what, if, Jacksonville. if they get Jordan Davis, he's going to be Dick Butkus. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I love Jordan Davis. He's the guy that I'm rooting for. But one of my favorite players in the draft, yeah. Just, I worry that he'll be gone, and, and I'm kind of doing right now what I'm saying other people are doing is this guy will be gone, this guy will be gone, this guy will be gone. But I, I think there'll be some defensive backs. And Timmy's 500 pounds, and he ran at sprinter speed. I, th yeah. This is a safe assumption to make. <laughs> I, I think we kind of know, like, Evan Neal is going to go, Thibodeau is going to go, Hutchinson is going to go. Gardner, yeah. Sauce Gardner, yeah. So, yeah. but I, I think there will be wide receivers, Hamilton, and uh, defensive backs that will turn their crank. I, I do think there'll be wide receivers and defensive backs that will get them thinking. Well, it should be, and you know, the next Debo Samuel should be at the top of that list, right? I mean, if, if you assume the two Ohio State guys go and Derek London goes uh, from USC, um, I think that uh, Burks has a chance to be the perfect Matt Canada player. I mean, what a marriage that would be, right? He doesn't, he doesn't really run routes precisely, but he's a jet sweep, pitch him the ball, you know, misdirection. He, you know, just get him in space. Seems like the the kind of guy that uh, Matt Canada dreams about when he goes to sleep at night. He's at uh, plus 2,000 right now. Is he worthy of a first-round pick for the Steelers with other needs like that, or do you wait on wide receiver for the second round? No, he, he's fourth on my list if the other three are gone. I'm not trading out at that point. I'm 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 – very happy to draft him if that's the way it falls. Do you think he's better than the other any one of these other guys that are in front of him? As far as Wilson and uh, London and Williams and Olave go, I really like Wilson and Olave. Um, London is is very very highly regarded. I'm apparently missing a little something there. Not that I think he stinks or he's not a first rounder, but uh, I ended up I ended up mocking him tenth to the Jets. Uh, just on the theory that, uh, well, everybody can't be wrong. Uh, people rave about this guy. But, I, you know, looking at, at Burks and the way he plays, 
Uh, I think 6'4", 225. He's not as fast as Claypool, but I've kind of given up on the notion that Claypool is going to be a tough guy receiver like he should be. And, you know, if they could just get him to run down the sideline for 50 yards and catch the ball and not fall down, maybe that's uh, what they're going to get out of him and then let Burks be Debo. And I think boy, I, I am fixated slash fascinated with a guy that can do what Debo Samuel does. Here are some encouraging and numbers. Burks can do that better than Olave or Wilson or London. These are, I think, some encouraging numbers for Steelers fans when it comes to depth, when it comes to things that they need to address that they might not do in the first round. If you look at total number of safeties taken in the first round, it's over under one and a half. So do they go two safeties in the first round? So one guy after the Notre Dame guy. Yeah, that guy's probably Dax Hill of Michigan. Although uh, there's a guy at Georgia, and this is, hey, this is in play for Pittsburgh at number 22 uh, or number 20 as well. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Seen from Georgia, I think, is underrated, mostly because Georgia has so many other great prospects that are higher profile than he is. Uh, I think Dax Hill is more highly regarded than Seen. Hamilton's the, Hamilton's the class going of the, to the position. Top 10. Yeah. Some he people might, think he's the best player in the draft. He might be the one guy who's clearly the guy of all these positions. Might be Hamilton. I think it definitely is Hamilton. I think he's 10 times better than the next guy that's on the board. Now, Hill is a really good player who is not only physical, but he's fast. And there's some question whether he's a corner or a safety. He might, you know, it says safety next to his name. He might get drafted and end up being the starting nickel for the team that drafts him. Now, Seen has covered out of the nickel, but he's more of a thumper. He's not one-dimensional but he's more physical. I think the the way I explained it on a uh, Steelers.com podcast with Matt Williamson and Dale Lawley was, was if you took scene and Dax Hill, just as safeties, how do they play the safety position? It's 50, 50. Who's better scene might be better, but Hill might end up being a corner for you and a physical one at that. So his value is increased because he's more versatile slash position flexible, but yeah, uh, that number of safeties. I mean, seeing I could see him sneaking into the first round. Might be a twenty. Who knows? Running backs over under half. <laughs> I got. Does, I got over baby. Yeah, you got. You got at least one running back going in the first round. And here's it, on the theory. Again, more more conspiracy here. If Malik Willis goes to Detroit at number two, the Lions pick again at thirty-two. And uh, my guy, Kenneth Walker III from Michigan State University is about 90 miles up the road from <laughs> Detroit. And think about, you know, if you're the Lions and you draft Willis, you're, you're doing that understanding you're not going to get a ton of immediate help. So why not draft a guy? Now, he wasn't much involved in the passing game at Michigan State, mostly because they were smart enough to realize, just hand him the ball and let him run it. He's really good at that. But he could have the kind of impact that Najee Harris had for the Steelers this past year. I mean, the Lions' line is you know not very good, but he will get more than should be there on every run. And Najee Harris did that a lot of times last year, getting one and two yards. But uh, that that I think is a way for the Lions to kind of get the best of both worlds with those two number one picks. Get swing for the fences with the future but get a guy who can help you grind and run and be a physical offense and be a Dan Campbell type of player. And, uh, you know, maybe you get some play action going off of that and who knows, but I think Walker, again, there's, there's arguments about this, but I I think Walker is clearly 
uh, the best running back. And I think it's not a mistake to draft a running back in the first round if it's in the right spot and it's the right player. And really, 32 overall, it's, you know, it's barely first round. So if I made you pick on this one, this is a tough call. Playing position of the Steelers' first drafted player, offense or defense? Defense is at minus 106. Offense is at minus 129. I circle defense because I don't think Willis will be there, and I think it's going to be Devin Lloyd. But that's throw that at the wall and see where it lands. I, I mean, look at the guys we talked about. Traylon Burks' offense. Malik Willis' offense. Jordan Davis's defense. Devin Lloyd's defense. It's 50-50. It is, but I think there's more likely that they go to a defensive position than an offensive position because – did I mention that scout sent me an emoji about Malik Willis with the guy with his hand <laughs> over his face? Like, he's probably not the only guy that thinks that way. No, I know he's not. Because every time I hear something good about Malik Willis, I hear yeah. he can't read a defense or he's looking for pressure. So here's the thing about this, Tim. You know, we look at these guys. Are any of them really polished when they get out of college? Aren't you always drafting upside? I don't know. I thought, I mean, other than a running back. Uh, you can plug and play an offensive lineman a lot of times, but don't those guys get better? I can look at anybody's tape and find something wrong with them if if that's my goal. I thought all three of the quarterbacks in Ben's class were more polished than I expected. Like more ready to play. Okay, that's a fair point. But those guys, they're they're all Hall of Fame players, right? Uh, yeah. Not you know, all like these Larry guys. Fitzgerald are gonna... was polished. Your average non Hall Aaron of Donald Famer. was polished. Yeah, but even Aaron Donald, did it, you know, when he got drafted, were people saying he's going to win four players of the year or whatever the hell it was? No, but he, he was good quick. Yeah. Darrell Revis was polished. You know, like, I, I think there are guys who fit that description, but they're they're usually multi-time pro bowlers. And See, the other thing about this, I, I, think, I think it's a lot like recruiting. The idea is not to win the day. It's to get the best player for you. And if you can identify a guy with a skill set, and you could see him do the type of football things that you prefer, that's the guy you pick as opposed to, well, this guy was rated here, or we want to get the guy who has the most Pro Bowls or, you know, what, whatever other uh, metric you want to attach to it. Um, just get the fits and, and make them better. But you, you can't teach big. You can't teach fast. Football IQ is hard to teach. Does a guy look like he, know, he knows what he's doing, or is he just out there because he's a physical specimen? And he thinks he's supposed to be a football player is the game. important? you know, one thing about that Hutchinson kid at Michigan, now, I don't think he's head and shoulders above the rest of the edge, but boy, this guy's all in, man. He's a maniac and all he's going to be another TJ Watt. All he's going to do is train, train, diet, obsess over film, obsess over prep. I mean, you, you know what you're getting in that guy. Now, maybe uh, if you look at uh, Trayvon Walker, Georgia played him inside more. He wasn't necessarily just off the edge all the time. Uh -huh. So he might be more productive in the pros than he was in college in terms of sacks and splash plays and things like that. But, uh, you know, it, it, again, comes down to what do you prefer and more, more specifically, what do you want? Well, that's kind of how they wound up with Terrell Edmonds and it just didn't work out. Nah, it didn't work out terrible. And they, maybe, maybe that story continues to write itself. I don't know. I don't know if he's done here or not, but, uh, that they might tell you something if they draft, uh, Dax Hill or Lewis scene, then that'll tell you something about Terrell Edmonds. By the way, I'm looking at some individual over-unders here, Mike. Uh, Jordan Davis, they've got at 14 and a half for the over-under for him. Uh, <laughs> they've got Pickett at nine and a half. Uh, yeah, Pickett we hit. I got Davis going to LA Chargers at 17. 10 and a half. Kyle Hamilton, that sounds high to me. Shouldn't that be lower? 
I got him at 11 to your Washington Commanders. And the other guy you like, Lloyd, they've got him at 18 and a half. I got him at 20. Yeah. They got him gone before the Steelers. So that's uh, that'll be an interesting one to watch right there. That's on the bubble. All right. Uh, we only got a couple minutes left. I do want to touch on a little baseball and a little hockey when we come back. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh, must be 21 gambling problem. Call 1 800 Gambler. Continuing on the Pittsburgh City Cast. Again, make sure you're listening to Mike on the DV Morning Show from Vegas next week. We'll try to catch up with Mike in Vegas next week on Thursday and get something posted before the first round of the draft. I've got tons of draft coverage with Matt Williamson here on the CityCast tomorrow. I've also got lots of stuff with Matt Williamson uh, coming up throughout uh, the week on Breakfast with Ben's. So we'll have lots of draft preview, more than you could possibly handle. As uh, for the first time in a long time, we're thinking maybe quarterback with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that is the goal with this stuff, right? We're putting out content at a rate where we want people to say, no, nah, that's it. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I can't freaking take it. Uh, did you hear the numbers, Mike, that Bet Rivers came up with on hockey favorites recently? I did not. Enlighten me. They went on a 20-0 and run over the weekend. Oh, yeah. I did read about that somewhere. Yeah. I think it was 14 for 14 on last Saturday or something of that nature. Well, and I mentioned it on the Madden show. Maybe you heard it on the Madden show, too, when I was filling in. But they went from, I think it was Thursday to Monday night. They were 20-1. and and it would have been a perfect night through Monday until the friggin' Golden Knights blew it against the New Jersey Devils. I think it was in an overtime game. But, yeah, I mean, favorites were just on a ridiculous run. And that is speaking to the point that you and I have brought up about how the baseball school of thought of betting against the bad teams has made more sense than let's try to find a good team and bet them. Find I'm the soft spots. I'm glad you brought that up because we've been discussing this for a couple of weeks and, and, you know, maybe people are clear on it. Maybe they're not. Last Saturday, I played a five-team parlay. All right. This was, this was $25 to win 203. And I had the Dodgers beating the Reds, the Yankees beating the Orioles, the Sabres beating the Flyers who have just checked out. Like they're just done. I had the Maple Leafs beating the Senators. These are your four layups. And then you you find those games and you pair them with one 50, 50 game. The 50, 50 game was the avalanche and the hurricanes. And I took the avalanche and they won. That was the five for five. But the way this broke out, uh, because the Dodgers were playing late, I was four for four in the clubhouse and I had the Dodgers reds pending. So I went and threw 25 on the reds, 25 to win 45. Cause they were the underdog. So at that point I assured myself I was either going to win $20 or win $178. If you can get those situations, just Do catch it a little bit here and there every day. Just move the chains, Tim. Just matriculate the ball down the field. Keep getting those first downs. And uh, I, finding the the rummies, the you know, the the overmatched, the overwhelmed, the the tired, the uh, the poor, the wretched masses <laughs> yearning to breathe free, but never actually doing it. And you got to find one. One kind of 50-50 game, and this can work. Well, the Pirates are certainly helping out with the cause when it comes to being an easy soft spot to land, and I probably should have made a bigger deal on this this week in the City Cast. I was negligent in that regard, and it's 
only because I'm I'm still trying to drum up enough interest in the Pirates to talk about them for 45 minutes at a time or whatever the case may be. But how's that goes? Yeah, exactly. Uh, in Milwaukee, how do you ever bet against the Brewers when the Pirates visit Milwaukee? What are they five and twenty now in their last twenty-five there after today's loss? Yeah, and they even got a decent uh, game out of Mitch Keller today. Of course, it's today's Major League Baseball standards, decent game. Five and a third, four hits, one run, no walks, seven Ks. He was only losing one nothing when he exited. I was promoting today's bet against Mitch Keller Wednesday this morning. Now it was like two and a half to one, so it's. That's how you don't bet the Brewers. I don't know if you bet against them, but uh, the odds are prohibitive. But, uh, yeah, Pirates stink. Uh, they don't hit the ball. You look at some – they made waves with that lineup they threw out last Sunday. Um, you know, the the Sunday lineup that yeah, Derek Shelton pieced no together. no Brian Reynolds and no Cabrian Hayes. Yeah, but uh, even last night, I think uh, at, at the end of the game, six of the nine guys were hitting like 220 or worse. They just – they're not going to score a lot of runs. They're not. I'd like the under on the Friday game for the Cubs when they go out to Chicago next, Quintana and Smiley. That was an under the first time we saw it at PNC Park. Keller now, as you mentioned, bet against Mitch Keller day. Uh, he's 0-3 already, so we're seeing some yeah. trends develop there. The next time, I, and by I the think way, that's, I think that's 7-20 and 20 for his uh, big league career now. The next guy that he faces is Woodruff at home at PNC Park on Tuesday the 26th. So you and see where I'm going there, right? That'll be bet against Mitch Keller Tuesday. And the odds will be better because he'll be at home. Go out and get a beer in right field. Just don't turn around and watch the game. <laughs> Joy Vegas. Look at the buildings. Wow. Where you going? Where are you doing all your stuff from? I don't know. I'll figure it out when I get there. No, I mean, I, like the broadcasting and all that. Do you know? Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, we, okay. We've never done anything like this. And just tell me what time to get on the plane and uh, we'll figure it out from there. Uh, check out my guy, Bill, who's helped to uh, get this podcast on the air from VSIN at Circa. You're going to love Circa. It's fantastic. Uh, are you a big go out to Vegas and do the sports book thing? Or because you can bet anytime, anywhere, does that not have the I, appeal? Or I do it every day of my life. To, pretty close. Not every day, but pre- I've, sometimes I take a knee. But I've only been to Vegas one other time, and uh, I got married. And I got to say that that uh, transaction shattered the uh, over-under. <laughs> Because it's still over. It's still going um, against great odds. Well, your, your odds and my odds the first time around, if you had over under five and a half, you lost going over on both of us. So, yeah, <laughs> my first marriage, if you had over three, you'd lost. <laughs> it was like, uh, who was, was Malik Willis? Two and a half. That yeah, was, right. Exactly. <laughs> it, it pushed. And that's why we're doing a podcast together now, I guess. Uh, all right. We'll have fun out there, Mike. And we'll check in again on, on Thursday. All right. Hey, Tim, beat them bucks. <laughs> no, lose to them bucks. Lose to them at least 97 and a half times. <laughs> this is the Pittsburgh City Cast, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com.